0: everybody and welcome back to the Bundesliga league show brought to you by over the bar we're back this evening for match week eight review of the bundesliga uh just myself and mark checking in this evening mark how are you doing this evening
1: not bad at all yeah obviously i enjoyed the fantastic another fantastic weekend of football especially the sunday really this week and yeah yeah, good weekend of sports in general. Obviously, England unfortunately being knocked out of the rugby in agonizing circumstances on Saturday evening, but it should be a good final of the rugby as well uh, next Saturday with New Zealand, South Africa.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Painful one for us, uh, English, and a great day yeah. for South Africans worldwide, the cricket as well. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll gladly move on and talk about Bundesliga uh instead so yeah we'll be doing our usual featured four this evening um and yeah again stuck in some fantastic games uh really over the weekend and and some of the games that you might not have expected but me and mark always say this is often the games you don't expect um shock and surprise us uh before we get going this evening please do smash a like on this video uh comment along Whilst we're live or subsequently, questions, anything, you know, we love to hear it. Uh, thoughts on the Ryan Derby and how your team is doing. And, of course, do not forget to press the red button and subscribe to the channel. Um, before we do get cracking with our countdown, just a bit of a FYI to one of our delightful partners, um, who, of course, are Bundesliga boxes in this instant, uh, and that um, you can now get your Christmas Bundesliga boxes uh, which are available for pre-order right this second and um, so get over to um, Bundesliga boxes uh, if you want to find them on Twitter I'll just bring up their uh, tag there as you can see on screen uh, or go and find them via Google and get on for those uh, yeah those Christmas editions there'll be some great packages uh, and great um, kind of inclusions in there so make sure you get stuck in and get yourself an early Christmas present or one of your friends and family a Christmas present. So yeah, fantastic stuff. Right then, Mark, we shall start our countdown and it's another week. It's another win Uh, and we have to include the mighty VFB. Um, (laughs) This is not me just chucking Stuttgart in just for the sake of it. You know, if they're drawing nil-nils and things like that, they will not be part of the featured four. But right now, the run that they're on, Mark, um, and the way that they're playing, is absolutely fantastic to watch. But I think this, you know, this match was a, you know, a game of two teams in completely opposite directions of travel, really, right now, particularly from the form context. Um, so, what what were your thoughts on the game? You know, some good goals for for VFB and, and Union just look absolutely uh devoid of um confidence right now and um if this was last season you'd really pen this as a as a massive upset but the way this season's going it went it went to the form book didn't it and uh, i guess the maybe one slice of real big bad news for VfB was the injury to Girassi. but the fact that they were still able to see out the victory despite him going mm. off in the first half was um an important one for confidence going forward into the next few weeks but yeah thoughts reflections on on the game in general
1: yeah i think it was another superb performance from the vfb i've got to be honest i think the first goal was a really really nice goal again that man uh Gourassi getting on the end of that fantastic ball through from mio but it, it was a superb goal um you know again something that we just expect from the vfb you now like the the, the kind of camaraderie and the teamwork in this squad is just absolutely superb. I thought, you know, even labelling, I was a little bit surprised when he came in. I think the game before the break, actually, because he just came from completely nowhere really, to start start playing ahead of Silas. He was good again, although he missed a really, really easy chance. We should have made it 2-0. Uh, yeah. long before Union really got into the game at all. And they were absolutely dire in that first half, to be honest. I think their XG was about 0.12 at half time, which is just yeah. ridiculously poor for a team like Union Berlin at home. But I think, you know, Stuttgart, uh, obviously they missed chances in the second half. They made a few substitutions. I mean, obviously Fofana and Becker both missed great chances. Really nice save from Nubel as well from Becker when probably one of the few mistakes that Stuttgart actually made giving the ball away in their own half. I think a few a few guys deserve credit. Rouault as well, the, the young Frenchman who came into the yep. team. Sorry, it was him who got the first assist. Sorry, not me. He got the assist. Yeah, yep. he was superb. Another one that Stuttgart just brought in from absolutely nowhere played really really well in this game. He's another one that might potentially start to play more ahead of Stenzel, uh, fullback. You know, I think Mittelstedt, who made his first start as well, he was relatively solid. A couple of dodgy moments uh, in the second half, but in general was very good as well. Then obviously Silas, good to see him finishing off for, you know, a relatively rare goal, but the, these goals do are coming a bit more often again this season, aren't they? Like in the past. And then mm-hmm. that man, Undav getting the third goal. And actually, it got my bet up as well, that one. I had uh, four games for over 2.5 goals, so I got a nice little €50 Euro win or so, thanks to that, uh, Denise Undav goal. So, thank you for that one, young man. But yeah, obviously the the problem for um, Stuttgart is Gourassi at the moment. I mean, obviously he is a player that's picked up injuries in the past. It didn't look too serious. It looked as though it could have been potentially a precautionary one when he came off on the half-hour mark. It is a concern. Of course it is. When you've got a player who's scored that many goals, 13 goals in almost no time at all, you know. Um, Of course it's a worry, but... You know, Stuttgart are more than just uh, Gurasi. You know, he's the one that's just finishing off the great work from the other players. And I, I do believe that if he is out for a few weeks, I don't think it'll be a real bad one. You know, that the thigh strain. But I think it, say he is out for three, four weeks, and I think Undav is good enough to replace him. I really do. I think you know he's already got three goals off the bench this season. He looks on form, as pretty much the whole Stuttgart team is. It's just a fantastic, fantastic effort. There's not one player on that roster who's not doing his work at the moment, including the substitutes. It's just great to see, you know, this is what the Stuttgart fans deserve after two pretty miserable seasons before this one. But nobody expected this, Roy, I'm sure sure you more than anyone. But what did you make of on? Because they're having an absolute nightmare at the moment, aren't they?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I was looking at some of the stats on on the Bundesliga website uh, yesterday, actually, and just kind of trying to trawl my way through, you know, what what maybe is wrong with Unión and and what is uh, currently going wrong. And um, so, Unión this season have covered the second most amount of ground uh, behind, you know, only second to Hoffenheim this season, and they've also had an average of forty four um, percent uh, possession, but. If we reflect on those kind of stats, which do stand out, we know that that's the case with Union. They don't have a lot of possession. They play that counter-attacking football, don't they? And that's what's worked for them very well in the last few seasons. Um, and yeah, I guess they had over-reliance on times with you know, with Becker um, and uh, obviously you when he was at the club and and even Sibachi, Jordan Sibachi, when he had um, his, you know, good start to his career at Union. Um, but we've seen that drop off. Even Kevin Behrend, his great start to the season, that's kind of started to drop off a little bit. Um, so they have suffered in that sense. Uh, obviously, the defensive side is obviously the bigger worry, thing for Union. Um, seeing them ship as many goals as they are doing. Uh, you know, we've quite rightly mentioned the big high-profile Italian stallion who they've signed to what we thought would be shore up their defence and make it even better has not been the case at all um so yeah right now Union they've got so much football to play as well being in the Champions League how long that will last you know we'll see and they just have to enjoy that as well what an amazing achievement it is um but we, we have to ask the question now um you know however long this continues Union the will have to start scrapping and get themselves sorted soon. Um, they do not want to be involved in a relegation race whilst being in the Champions League. Um, but if you look at the table, which you can obviously see on screen and we'll look at the relegation side of it shortly, um, they're well down there. Their form is absolutely plummeted. Uh, they can't buy a win right now. Um, as Mark kindly kind of goes down to it. So, yeah, for Unión. It's big struggle time, Um, you know, just the two wins, lack of goals. Yeah, uh, it's just not quite going their way. Will they turn it around? Of course, I think they will. Um, I think it will be more of a uh, mid-table finish. Um, uh, Go as far as they can do in the Champions League. If they can maybe, you know, sneak a third place, get, you know, thrown into the Europa League latter stages, that'll that'll be decent for them. Um, And, you know, we looked at their signings and they look like really smart signings. And some of them have done well and some of them have not done well. Um, That's the case when you try to bulk out your squad and you get um, and you have to do that because you're in Europe. And Union have been used to that only in the last few seasons. They're obviously not used to Champions League football either. So, yeah, there's a lot of variables for Union. I'm sure they will get themselves back up. But for now, it's quite tricky for um, the the Berlin club as things stand um, so yeah a lot big result again for, for Stuttgart but uh, right now it's it's just riding the wave and and seeing how well they do without uh, Girasi um, just pick up on a few comments that have come in live um, good evening Samuel Mark looks very smart this evening I can imagine Mark always mm-hmm. looks smart he's just come in from work I mm-hmm. however look like I'm Ready to go play football, which, which I will be doing <laughs> shortly. Um, so, yeah, uh, he does indeed look very smart, Samuel. Um, evening to Ballum. Just seeing if there uh, Ballum's asked uh, any questions. Um, let's just have a look here. I think there's one from Ballum here. So, we'll just get to this. Could, um, for those listening on podcasts, check out Mark's Hoffenheim match log. Yes, absolutely. Check out Mark's Hoffenheim uh match vlog could this bundesliga village team get top five in champions league um mark what do you reckon for hoffenheim and and getting into champions league football obviously we can see that they're nestled in sixth place but um just a couple of losses and um we may well come to them very soon actually and talk about them um but their home form is what would probably be holding them back early on this season particularly
1: yeah, I think it's just the defence, as you can see, 14 goals conceded in eight games. They're great to watch, you know, they're great going forward and they've had a lot of great uh, attacking performances, but defensively at times they look really weak and that's what they've got to sort out if they want to get European football. I think Champions League is definitely too far, but I think uh, Europa League is possible if they can sort that defence out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Another comment from Samuel, the FCA win at Heidenheim was the big result of the weekend. Yes, we tend to agree with you, Samuel, and you may well see that uh, shortly as we work our way down our countdown. Um, Balam's asked, can Stuttgart keep this up? Well, I think the, the big question is obviously, Balam, how how well to VFB last or, or do without uh, Seru Girassi bagging in those goals? Um comment in from Christian, Christian S. girassi is injured, so I doubt they will keep it up. Um, so yeah, in interesting thought there from Christian. <laughs> Fingers crossed they do. Um commenting from Danny, obviously a, a VFB um supporter and, and regular um viewer of ours, have high hopes for Undav. Yeah, what have you made of Undav, Mark, quickly just before we move on? Um, I, I mean I also had high hopes for him. Upon assigning him, what have you made of him since he's come in?
1: I've really liked him. I really have. I think that double that he got against Cologne, which I think is the only game that gurassi hasn't scored in, that, that was a massive double, that was... Because that was probably, you know, not the best VFB performance, but they ended up scraping a win that day due to Undar. I mean, that was a really nice header as well uh, to win the game. Yeah, I well, think he's just generally looked good. It's not only his goals, you know. He's not Gurasi, you know, but he is a good player. And I don't think he's a bad deputy at all. If it, if Ballum is correct and he's out for two weeks, so that's, that's going to be two matches out, then I, I definitely don't think it would mean that Stuttgart are going to start losing every week just because Gurasi isn't playing for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we shall see how he gets so, on, uh, but Yeah, generally speaking, really enjoyed his, his play so far. He's got good movement as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how we get on. So, yeah, good, good start to our countdown. So moving on to our third uh, most exciting game of the weekend uh, and a chance to reflect, Mark, on um, the Frankfurt sides who have managed to find well, maybe some goal-scoring boots at the very least, scoring three away to Hoffenheim in a in a big win and, and a comeback win as well uh, after going 1-0 down very early doors. Um, so yet another buyer goal for Hoffenheim, obviously one positive maybe to come out of the match for them, was his, um, you know, his finish and, and how he took the opportunity from a long ball from, from Baumann, um, you know, being kind of one-on-one with with his defender, showed great strength and speed to get beyond him and, and put a really cool finish uh, to make it 1-0 early doors for Hoffenheim. But Frankfurt found their way um, and, you know, got goals back in in that first half, uh, you know, quickly levelling through Marmouche, which was, uh, well, it's a good thing is not on the show tonight, I think, Mark, because his, his man, John Anthony Brooks, did not cover himself in glory, I'm afraid, on this one a long ball over the top. For some reason, the American just says, you know what, I'll deal with that another day um, and leaves <laughs> it for Bauman. Neither of them go for it. Now Marmouche swoops in um, to finish to make it 1-1. And they they took the momentum from that, didn't they? Um, another goal for uh, Ansgar Knauf, making it 2-2 two two for him, sliding into the back post, um, getting on the end of a shop slash cross or let you uh, make your own mind up about um Chaibe's effort there but really good um from canal i'll come back to him in a little while as well and obviously will see their big signing mark as well elise kahiri getting the third um more good play by Chaibi as well actually some nice interchanging and, and they're a bit of luck but it fell nicely for skahiri to slide in um, and Frankfurt held out, you know, in the second half, a couple of chances for Hoffenheim. The free kick from Skov was a good save. Um, and there's a header from Boulter as well, late on from a corner. But otherwise, Frankfurt did, did a great job. So, again, uh, I mean, two assists for both the goalkeepers, Mark. And that's the first time that's ever happened in Bundesliga history. Um what what did you make first of all of um you know frankfurt and marmouche leading the line and maybe offering a bit more than what gang cam has so far this
1: season yeah i think i've mentioned a few times on the show and in the little that we've actually talked about frankfurt it's mostly been on the prediction show that we mentioned frankfurt actually but i have mentioned a couple of times that i think marmouche is far far better um to deputise for Jessic and Gankam, who is, for me, just not a starting striker in the Bundesliga by any stretch of the imagination, that any team, let alone a as you know, that have had a very, very good period in their history, the last four or five years, Eintracht Frankfurt. But yeah, it was a lot better, and he, he did, despite, as you mentioned, I mean, Joshua Anthony Brooks was absolutely dreadful in this game, actually. He really was. Like, he'd already made a mistake before Hoffenheim got on the score sheet and they only scored after five minutes and that just seemed to basically ruin his confidence to be honest and he actually got hauled at half time as well and that's not going to be a 45 minutes uh, that lasts long in his memory that's for sure but yeah Mamouche did really well he finished well and that's what he can do Mamouche. he's not always the most consistent player but I do believe if he's given like five six games starting that he can definitely score goals as a number nine striker. And he did that, he finished well. And after that, I thought it was a really, really dominant and professional performance from Frankfurt. I think both me and you, Rory, and Tip Hoffenheim in this game, and obviously they started really well. By the way, Bayer is a player that I'm really, really enjoying. I think he's a stonewall cert to be starting for Germany's number nine in in summer. I really do. I think he he looks class. I really do think... He's not the most fashionable striker in the world, but those big gangly legs, like, they always manage to find... Do you know what I mean? They've got quality, and, like, he turns defenders inside and out, and he usually finds a finish as well. And, you know, in his breakout season, he's already got six goals in eight games. That is impressive, like, really, really impressive. But... Yeah, Aside from that, Hoffenheim didn't really have the best day. Grisha Promel missed a couple of chances at 2-1, which could have brought potentially Hoffenheim back into it. But I think, yeah, probably one of the men you've got to be mentioning is Knauf as well. He had a, He's had an awful run of form for over a year now, basically. But the last two games, he's finally come back into something like... And that's very, very timely for Frankfurt as well, because they've been really, really struggling up top this season so far. And I think... This was definitely their best attacking performance of the season. I think, as you mentioned before, you've already mentioned his name, but I think that man Chaibi has got to be mentioned as well. He had a good game, you know, yep. a rare start for him. I think Bruta looked a little bit back to his best as well. And Max, like they were often a bit more width than what we've seen so far this season from Frankfurt. And, you know, things are looking a little bit better from them. If you just have a look at the table, they're actually up to seventh now, which they, they'll take after what has been largely an uninspiring start from the frankfurt team but i think things are just starting to get a bit better for them at the moment obviously five goals in two games now which is more than they managed in the previous six yeah and i think um you know obviously they've got dortmund this weekend and that's going to be a real big test for them i think you know to see if they really have improved and, you know, they'll believe they can run Dorton closer uh, at home in this game, in the Comets Bank Arena. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that one pans out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, you know, just maybe starting to find their, their way, particularly in front of goal. But um, I guess one thing that we haven't really given them credit for, because as you say, we've not had them featuring too much in the featured four, is that they've been very stingy. Uh, at the, their own, you know, nairs, you can see, not many goals conceded at all. So we do have to give them credit uh, in that sense. You know, William Pacho, who's come in, um, you know, Robin Cock, uh and, you know, other players like that. Obviously, Buter and Tutor, as you've mentioned. So, you know, that's definitely a positive to take. They didn't have Kevin Trapp for this match. They had Crowell, who came in, obviously got himself an assist um but you know made a couple of able saves as well uh and so yeah definitely some positives for frankfurt to take they will be a work in progress this season 100% under top moller um and i hope he gets given time to kind of shape a new you know a new frankfurt and have players that you know want to build under him and you know be there for the you know for the future we all know last season that there was lots of players who wanted out and they wanted new challenges which is fine but you know, uh, as a result, I think we're going to see a different Frankfurt side, um, you know, this uh, this season. Um, right then, so I think that's uh, game number three covered. Um, so we shall move on gladly to our second most entertaining game of the weekend. And of course, it was the Rhine derby, a huge derby, um, you know, at the weekend. And it was a first win of the season uh, for the hosts, FC Cone, as they came, uh, well, they came over the the Gladbach challenge uh, via um, two uh, kinds penalties and a third uh, late goal from Waldschmidt after Elvedia given Gladbach a little bit of hope. you know, uh, in, into the second half. But, Mark, this was, um, you know, this w- is an emotional, uh, you know, rivalry in Derby. And it's one that, you know, is well documented. And we've done our Derby Day diving on it, uh, which you can find on the channel if you want a little bit of history behind this Derby. Um, but what did you make of some of the, you know, the big calls in this match? Uh, start, start you off with the first penalty for uh, for Kynes. I guess the the main question is for me, is that because um, the defender, and I'll have to remind myself Kone, wasn't it? It yeah. uh, was so close to the efforts, do is that mitigation or is just everything given handball these days? It's you know, obviously there's no charge about intent anymore, is there? But what what are you feeling about decision number
1: one? Yeah, I think, again, nowadays you've got to think, do I think it should be given or do the do the rules say it should be given? And I think for me, I don't like this rule of like very, very close handballs given. But I think the referee had to give it, you know, with the help of VAR and the Kölner Keller, which ironically is in Cologne as well, and helping their own team, so to speak. Yeah, but the other unfortunate thing for cologne is uh, for, for Gladbach is that it was right on the edge as well it was like i think it was it was very unlucky to give a penalty away for this really because it was so close to the edge of the area and it was just considered to be inside you know if you're a gladback fan you'll be annoyed but you have to accept these days that th- this is universal in football now basically anything that hits the, the hand in the area is being given as penalties and Personally, I think it's harsh, yeah, because I don't think there's much the young man, Kone, uh, who's not played very much at all this season, by the way, could have done with that. Uh, but yeah, it was given and it was well dispatched by that man, Florian Kinds for 1-0. And to be honest, after that, for the for the luck, I guess the luck that Cone had had, they were very unlucky not to be 2 up, though, Kone, mm. uh, because they hit the post twice through Chabot. Hit the yep. underside of the bar which was very unlucky with a really nice header at the back post and then val schmidt went even closer with a really really nice strike from distance uh, hit the post, roll across the line and somehow didn't go in that, that was brutal for cologne because you know that first half they were brilliant actually that's by far 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 the best they played this season that first half and i thought they were really good it looked like a cologne side of old to me you know that we'd seen in the last two seasons especially two seasons ago and to a lesser extent last year as well it was energetic val schmidt was probably the man of the match for me i thought he was superb he was very very unlucky not to get on the score sheet well before he did and then, lo and behold, right at the start of the second half, they ended up finding themselves level. For Gladbach, didn't they? Which it just looked like no way is this happening, you know, because the first half Gladbach basically went a wall. To be honest, they, they offered mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Cologne should have been two or even three nil up at halftime, in truth. And uh, next thing you know, it's one all through an Elvedi header. Poor defending from the corner, really. And you know that's been something that Cologne have done too many times this season. And then, yeah, Rory, I'll hand it back over to you. I mean, obviously, the, the red card for Kone, who didn't have a good day at the office at all. He, for me, this is a correct decision. What would you say on that one?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with this. Um, you know, going going back to it and, and seeing the replays a little bit more, obviously, um, everything looks worse in slow motion um, and, you know, looking it into in, in great detail. But I think, um, you know, Kone's challenge is... Not only is it obviously studs up um, on the higher part of the ankle, but it's late as well. Um, so I think, you know, it, it's fair enough that um, obviously the the referee, uh, Denise Aitken, who's obviously a very high profile ref and, you know, is is often, you know, does the bigger games in the Bundesliga, I think he got that one right. Um, so that naturally made the task at hand very tricky for, um, you know, for the foals um but yeah after that um you know after that point the game obviously goes on um and then we get another penalty um and i think the um yeah the decision around this in terms of being a penalty i was fine with um but lo and behold we have drama nonetheless with the penalty being taken mark because it had to be taken twice um the first effort from Kinds was uh well it was pretty poor it was a bit of a Penenka high up and um obviously Niklas in net just palms it over but then obviously very quickly we go back to it after a check uh, and it might have been given by the linesman to start with is that he came off his line too early so what are your thoughts on this one Mark I felt that this one was a lot more harsh and I was finding it difficult to agree with. But again, if you're a stickler for the rules, you say he's come off his line early, so it has to be a retake.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I hate those uh, retake penalties that are given. For me, unless he's miles off the line, it should just be allowed to stand, to be honest. Because even if he's on his line, he would save that quite easily. And I think that should be taken into account as well. It was a woeful penalty and it was an easy Mm -hmm. save, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, And they got massively lucky. I agree with penalty given i mean again a few years ago this probably wouldn't be given really for like a you know it was that nicolas the goalkeeper who came out and kind of punched you know i wouldn't say punch is probably not the right word but he missed the ball and that ended up making contact a few years ago this wouldn't be given but nowadays it's a penalty definitely and i think um I, was, I thought that was correct, but I, he was literally like a few centimetres off his line. I thought that was cruel. It really was. And that compounded a miserable day for Gladbach in truth. And they got lucky with that one, Cologne. They should have been well, well up by that point, yeah. by the yeah. way. They deserved the win, absolutely. But that particular decision was extremely lucky on their part. And obviously, Kainz took the second penalty away, no problem. And that basically killed the game and killed Gladbach's hopes val Schmidt obviously did end up getting his goal which was a similar strike obviously at the other end and this time it did just about creep inside that post and he deserved his goal probably man of the match for me luca val Schmidt. but he is the man that you know he's probably the one quality attacker that they've got i mean Kainz hasn't had a good start to the season and you know, he's looking a little bit past his best these days. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but he's been around a fair while, I think. So he might be a bit past his best, although he did well to eventually get the two penalties. But Val is probably the one of little quality in that cone attack, to be honest. And if he starts to play well, like he did in this game, then, you know, they might have half a chance. He Obviously, he's playing in a slightly different position. Traditionally, he's a number nine, but these days he plays kind of behind... Davy Selke who basically Selke is just simply up there as a battering ram basically these days you know he, we know yeah. he's not going to score goals but
0: <laughs> well yeah that's uh, very true and obviously Mark, Mark Utes was back on the bench uh, I'm not sure how how often he has been back on the bench in terms of his recovery from injury maybe he'll get a chance to reignite his his form because he you know the partnership that he had with um Anthony Modesto was so great to watch wasn't it when they were both yeah. flying um so maybe they'll be able to get a little bit you know sh- more sharpness up there but obviously they can't guarantee that with with Marc um but yeah very well earned and first victory for Cole will it kickstart their season as as Ballams alluded to uh in in the chat um, and will it push them, you know, away from danger? I think they've got an awful lot of work to do. It's all very well being up for a massive derby at home. Um, you know, some of the um, the fireworks and the pyro in, in, you know, at the home end and the ultras end was amazing to see. Um, and um, yeah, so interesting, interesting game there for sure. Um, so, yeah, absolutely excellent and um yeah actually I think yeah it was well deserved for Köln. but I also felt like gladback almost lost it in a sense as well which is what my my partner girlfriend picked up on as well so credit credit there for the comment um Gladback actually had an XG of 0.11 as well so yeah gladback did not offer too much and they've been behind in seven of their eight games this season gladback so they certainly like to do it the
1: hard way. And I think you've got to question sure. out future as well, to be honest, because, I mean, it's not, not let's be honest right. now, I think we, for a few weeks now, we've been saying that, you know, their season can go either way, but the last two results and performances just haven't been good enough, you know, obviously they've had the bottom two teams, Mainz and uh, Cone, and they've only taken one point and they were lucky to get that one point against Mainz as well, in truth. And I, I just feel as though Arne, I like him as a manager, but I'm not sure the Gladbach's his kind of club. He's more of a kind of fashionable manager. Do you know what I mean? Sioani is like a kind of luxury manager, I would say. And I think Gladbach, they want a man of the people. And I don't think Siobhani is that man. And I like him. I really enjoyed his work that he did at Leverkusen, but he's going to be under big pressure after that performance against their archer rivals. And for me, if they don't win the next game, I, I'm not sure whether we'll be seeing him roll out uh, for week 10, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. The pressure would definitely be on on that man uh, individually. Uh, So the game of the weekend, as you can see, it barely fits on our screen. There was so much going on. So Heidenheim 2, FC Augsburg 5, quite a comeback from um, the FCA. So Heidenheim uh, ran into a two nil lead mark um in in the first half uh obviously the first goal set piece whipped in by Bester um, then put back into the danger area and Klein was there like all good strikers to to prod in from close range so not the best uh from Ellsberg's point of view defensively um but really um well worked from Heidenheim and you know they're proving that they can have all sorts of different ways of scoring goals But then they doubled their lead seconds later. Um, You know, really good work by the right-back Traore to cut back and find a ball for Bester to really precisely find the far corner. Uh, You know, not a powerful finish by all means, just really accurate and and well-placed to make it 2-0. And at that point, Mark, you're thinking, yeah, I mean, it's going to be another great day for the newcomers, Heidenheim and uh Olsborg maybe are just not not here not willing to fight e- even being you know under new management um but yeah uh after that uh we got well the first half comeback at, at the very least I'll hand over to you for this and um uh, first emergence for one of their new their new men um in in teets cuz i thought he had a really good impact on the game and maybe his best performance in an Olsborg
1: shirt yeah, by far, I think, yeah. Th- for me, this was just classic, it was literally just classic Bundesliga, this game. I think, you know, in any other league, you look at this game, and you think, oh, I'll give this one a miss on Sunday evening, you know, I'll watch uh, the David Beckham documentary or something like that, but not in the Bundesliga. These games often end up being the best games, really, and it didn't disappoint again. This was a superb game of football, really. I really enjoyed this one. As, you know, Heidenheim, obviously, it's a, in the end, it's a poor result, but it. it it was still a. They had moments where they were really good in the game. And as you say, they started brilliantly. Klein already on three goals for the season. He looks good enough to make the step up into the Bundesliga with a smart finish. And then Bester is just the best. You know, he's he's ready to be in my team of the season. If the season finishes tomorrow, he's in my team of the season, no question. I think he's been no question, absolutely man. superb in every match pretty much so far. But yeah, after that, it was about Augsburg, wasn't it? And that man, Tietz, who. Let's just say he was very, very underwhelming in the three or four games he played before this one. But, you know, he, he got the deflected goal, which got Augsburg back into it. This was woeful defending, by the way. Yeah. You know, like cool. Off the corner, he's left in acres of space and he just volleys it in via the deflection. Heidenheim have got to, for all the good attacking play, they've got to uh, tighten up at the back because they are conceding too many goals. And that that is a concern, definitely. But the goal of the match really after that one and it was good play again from Teets, and he he laid it off to Pedersen, who also hasn't had the best start to the season himself who you know curls with with the outside of his boot an absolute beauty past muller Uh, my favorite finish that one as well (laughs) yeah the outside curler (laughs) with the left foot it was a really nice finish and At that point, you know, the the celebrations from the Augsburg team, you you saw a lot of team spirit that we'd not been seeing for quite a while in Augsburg, actually, and... You know, obviously, Enrico Marston's the end of his tenure was nothing short of a disaster, really, in, in many ways. But what Jess Thurup has done over the obviously over the international weekend, he, he's instilled a belief into these players, and they, they look like they enjoyed the game, to be honest. You know, and they scored another good goal as well, despite, let's be honest, woeful goalkeeping from Muller, who, yeah. I'll be honest, hasn't really impressed me that much since he <laughs> made the step up after a long, long career in the second league. He he doesn't love Bundesliga unfortunately so far but there's still time to change that but obviously it was well finished by by far uh, Augsburg's best player Demirovic who's barely put a foot wrong all season Mm. despite uh, Augsburg's underwhelming form before this game then the second half you know obviously Heidenheim a couple of hard chances but I think that the fourth goal was lucky basically it was just pure luck it was again poor yeah it was he didn't know anything about it It basically just hit him and best uh, For all his good attacking couldn't quite keep it off the line in this case and that was pretty much the game of 4-2 then obviously another handball penalty we seem to see so many of these which was really really well tucked away by rex bahai and yeah it was a big win in the end for Augsburg and you know an ironic thing it's been just over a year this was the the 17th they'd gone 16 away games without a win Augsburg. Wow. they were about to go a whole season 17 games without an away win and they managed to stop the rock with this fantastic away win against local rivals Heidenheim as well so you know it was a great atmosphere again good crowd good a number of away fans from Augsburg. And this was just a real Bundesliga feast to end what was a really exciting weekend. And, you know, I think we're looking forward. I think both of these teams uh, should be good enough to retain the status in the Bundesliga. You know, I mean, Enrico Marson was a very, very defensive coach, I'll be honest. He he never really unleashed that attack at times for me for Augsburg. And, you know, the likes of Teets and uh, Demirovic, there are goals in this team, you know, and if you can just find a bit more coherence defensively, then there is enough to stay up in this Augsburg team. And another thing I've got to say that he credit for is that he actually got something out of the fullbacks as well, which is something that Enrico Martin was never able to do. They were always very, very weak at fullback Augsburg. And Pedersen had his best game probably that I've ever seen him in an Augsburg shirt, to be honest. And credit to him for that. You know, there's belief, you know, they go back into a home game where they're usually strong next week. And, you know, there's belief that Augsburg can still have a decent season. Yeah. As for Heidenheimer, I believe they'll stay up, definitely, despite this results. But they've just got to tighten up defensively. And to be honest, the goalkeeping situation is a bit of a concern for them because, let's be honest, Muller, he doesn't say it very much, does he, Rory? No. Um, <laughs> maybe
0: not. I mean, what what is it with the name Muller? um and being a goalkeeper um <laughs> uh yeah uh good old Flo Miller as well of course um yeah no as you say yeah, some good points around Ellsberg um yeah unleashing their their goal scoring beast I think you know um the game could have been really interesting if that uh if that Maloney chance had gone in for Heidenheim at 3-2 to the chance to make it 3-3 it um it, it, in fact, changed the score from 3-2 to, th- to 3-3 on Sky Sports because it, it hit the side netting. And it looked like mm. it went in. They changed yeah. it straight away mm. to 3-3. So I, I thought um, it was a bit of a strange reaction, him like kind of holding his hand and screaming because it looked like he'd scored. Um, so, yeah, if that went to 3-3, I think that would have been a really interesting yeah. game from from there on in. But, yeah, as you say, the Udukai goal was a bit yeah it was a bit lucky in terms of how it went in but as you say mark uh heidenheim they've got to tighten up defensively um you know from open play crosses set pieces um you know as good as they are from the attacking point of view of them um from set pieces they've scored half their goals from set pieces this season so just goes to show that they have got different ways that they can score goals but it's quite easy to get them back against them, um, uh, which means they're an absolute delight to watch, as you say, um, and Bester and, and everyone else within the team are, are making a real good go of it. Um, but yeah, maybe just tightening up a little bit would be um, a little bit more advisable. Uh, um, so yeah, some some interesting uh, games to, to cover there. So obviously... With no Peter here tonight, we'll we'll just kind of go over the the best of the rest uh in slightly more detail uh this evening, just to kind of cover everything else that did happen this weekend because there were goals are plenty in, in lots of the other matches. Um, so we'll just spend maybe uh about ten minutes on these games and, and finish up on about fifty odd minutes this evening. Um so Mark, this this game was almost in our top four. So Coming to the Leverkusen uh, victory against Wolfsburg, which obviously promised to be a really, um, you know, really interesting uh, match, but it was one that Leverkusen impressively came through thanks to yes another goal um, for Jeremy Frimpong, who was you know really ably set up by Boniface again, just showing you know the the class of the man. Really nice uh, cross and and him getting on the end of it. Um, But there are still chances for for Wolfsburg in this match, and eventually they got themselves back level through a pretty scrappy goal uh, through Maxence Lacroix. Um, Good to see him on the score sheet. And then uh, maybe the turning point, but seeing Florian Vert subbed into the game on Mm. on the hour mark um, two minutes later, he's not really involved in the goal because it's great play from Frimpong to set up his His best pal, the other flying fullback Grimaldo, who smashes in yet another goal. Um, And it's enough to get them over the line. Frimpong maybe should have had another goal as well. Um, And there's two big chances right at the end for Meyer as well, Mark. So um, just quickly, as we're reflecting on these, yeah, another big win for Leverkusen as they go from strength to strength.
1: Yeah, you're running out of superlatives to describe them, to be honest. I just think they're such a good team. And as I mentioned before, I think if, if Leverkusen are going to drop points, it's going to be in these games after all these many, many international breaks that we have these days. And this was a tough fixture, to be honest, to come into. And I thought, you know, Wolfsburg are hit and miss. They're not a perfect team, but they've got quality, especially individual quality in the team. And obviously the fact that Adli started ahead of Verts, which is always a bit of a worry. As good as Adli is, you still want Verts out there, and he proved the difference in that second half for me as well. Again, you know, but it's very difficult when you've got when you've got so many international players. I mean, Verts played in the US two games this week. It's tough, you know. And obviously, Palacios down in South America, They had uh, Boniface in Africa. It's really hard when you get all those players coming from all over the world. And this was a big win, more more so because of the fact that a lot of the players have played all over the world in the last 10 days or so. And I think I was impressed with them. They deserved the win, you know. Yeah, what more can you say? Grimaldo has just turned out to be possibly, along with Boniface and many others, to be honest, it turned out to be signing of the season in this uh Leverkusen team and, you know, more good management as well from Alonso to turn it. And yeah, Stanisic made his first start as well on loan for Bayern. That was an interesting one. He, you know, proves that they've got strength and depth in the team. And yeah, it wasn't the best performance this season, but it was good enough to be a a strong Wolfsburg team. Yeah.
0: And yeah, Stanisic is starting, but you have to also say that Hinkapie is not even ahead of him. That's quite interesting, I, I thought, for me, because obviously... The back three has been Tar, Tapsoba and Kosanou so far. And then you throw in, as you said, Stanisic. you still got Hinkapier to bring in. Um, yeah. So interesting because yeah. Hincapié was one of their better players last season as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, really sought after this this window. So interesting one there. Um, what else did we have? Friday night football, uh, a close run thing uh, as BVB got themselves an important win. Still not firing an all cylinder all- installment, but... Just a bit of quality from Emre Chan and, and Julian Brandt enough to get them over the line. Uh, fair play to Werder. Blocked as many shots as they could do, but not enough quality at the at the right end. And, of course, Fulcruc playing against his old team. Um, another important win for Freiburg. Just starting to get themselves going, as you can see in the table, starting to climb upwards. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Balkan going ahead through a Super, super effort from Pacienza. If you've not ca- caught any uh, highlights, make sure you catch that goal. along. long uh, raking diagonal is volleyed in by uh, by Pacienza. Passa uh, Atubalou in net um, for 1-0 for Freiburg through the quality of Grifo. Um, got themselves back level uh, through Ritsu Doan's header. And then the penalty, uh, which he converted against Baumann. And that was enough to get Freiburg over the line. Um, And then Darmstadt as well uh, gave RB Leipzig a good run uh, for their money. But two goals for Luis Openda, um, getting the earliest goal of the Bundesliga season so far. Uh, Inside a minute got Leipzig off to a good start in Darmstadt and that settled them down. Some more rather notable suspect goalkeeping as well, Mark, for the Emil Forsberg goal um we're not picking on goalkeepers but that probably wasn't the best bit of um goalkeeping i've ever seen um but it was an open and um well fought game i thought this one from darmstadt and it was obviously brought to an end um by a pender um you know but it was spirited display from darmstadt and they can definitely take plenty from that um and then, of course, Bayern's three, uh, well, victory over Mines. Um, and yeah, for the first time in Mines' history, they have gone the first eight games of the Bundesliga season without a win. Mark, um, concerns for Mines. You know, we gave them a bit of credit before the international break. They weren't, you know, necessarily never going to beat Bayern or be expected to beat Bayern. But, you know, it, it there's going to be some crunch games coming up for, for Mines in the next few weeks, aren't there?
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was a brutal fixture test as well because just after the best performance of the season by a country mile when they played Gladbach before the break and they were un- unlucky not to win, you know, you come into a home game and you want, you know, you want a, a Bochum or a Heidenheim or a Darmstadt, you know, and who do they get? But they get Bayern at home. So yeah. I, I thought they played well. There, there was It was a good performance from them. But again, it was the start. As, as so often happens in these games, teams just don't start off quickly enough against these top sides and they were already 2-0 down before they basically got out of the dressing room you know so did they play yeah. well or they were they had chances at 2-1 and it was a good performance i still think mines will stay up i really do i just hope they stick with both svensson but i mean this weekend is the battle of the two winless teams as well it's both yeah, yeah. Of Mainz. i mean that is if you want a, a Bundesliga basement battle, that's it. On <laughs> Friday night as well. God, it's always the best match of the week, the Friday night game. And that is going to be a brutal atmosphere. And minds have got to find a way to at least get a point and preferably a win from that. It's not going to be easy at the Benovia. Because, you know, Bolkham are probably in even more trouble in truth than, than mine's because they've not got as much quality as his mind's team. You know, Gruda looks pretty good still. He had another good game. Yeah, and
0: really? But there's belief
1: yeah. that there's enough quality, but there's too many players. Like a Jorke has, has just gone missing the whole season. And it it's sad to see. I can only imagine that there's some kind of mental problems there because he was so good last season. And it's sad to see, but he, he's just been wall. For most of the season bar maybe one or two games and you know the the defense is poor at the moment as well Vandenberg has not done it obviously replacing uh, Hack uh, obviously a big loss for them Vandenberg was seen as a good signing on paper but he's not really uh, carried in his good form from Schalke last season uh, over to Mainz I hope they stay because I think everyone has a bit of a soft spot for Mainz but they need, really, they need that win in the next two games. And that's, I think, unfortunately, we're going to see the end of the Bo Fenson era if they can't get a win in the next two. Because you can't keep waiting, do you know what I mean? You can't keep waiting. Sometimes every good thing has to come to an end, as he's say. And I think if they don't win one of the next two, then, again, the same as Sioane, I think that'll be the end of a, a great manager in mind, I think.
0: We shall see. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll gladly bring the show to a close as we then... Yeah. Been really nice to reflect and enjoy some some really great games, some big talking points, uh, and we we press on. So uh, we look forward to you joining us uh, on Thursday night for a prediction show. The fantasy show should also be back this week, so make sure to check that out uh, on Friday morning. Um, so yeah, thank you uh, for all joining us this evening for questions and comments. Uh, quick reminder back to the. Bundesliga Boxes Christmas edition boxes now currently available for pre-order right now. So get yourselves an early Christmas present for yourself or for a loved one uh, and go over to the Bundesliga Boxes website or find them on Twitter at Bundesliga Boxes. Uh, And I shall now gladly hand over to Mark to close up for this evening.
1: Yes, yeah, so if you enjoyed what you saw, then don't forget to follow us on X. I guess we have to call it at X nowadays. At over the bar, it'd be out of the bar, extra. And if you want to follow Rory as well, Village Football 20. Unfortunately, I don't have a Twitter at the current time, but yeah, you can follow Rory on behalf of both of us. And then, um, yeah, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe as well. You know, we're we're continuing to grow more and more and we've got more and more content out there for you guys as well. Thanks for the uh, good support as well today. Thanks for your questions and um, hopefully we got round to enough of them as well. So we'll see you again on, um, on Thursday for the Prediction Show ahead of week nine and another good weekend of Bundesliga Action. So have a good week, guys, and see you then.